You went out? Yeah. Where'd you guys go? What's it called? Leg 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 Power went out and pretty much bounced. Yeah, the power went out like in half what? the building, and then I was like, I went to the bathroom downstairs. I had to use my phone. <laughs> like, like, no I to, it was like pitch black downstairs. It was a little sketchy. Yeah. Today's day and age, power goes out, freak everybody out. Was yeah. it a mass exodus? No. Pretty no, long. they gave it's a bunch of hundreds free, in there. Free so beers we're... for a little bit. Yeah. Oh, they did? Yeah. <laughs> what? To my buddies, and then they're like, hey, there's free beer. I, I walk up there, and they're like, 13 bucks. And I'm like, yeah, I didn't hear anything about that. just told me it was that. free beer. <laughs> so. Jeez. 13 bucks, huh? Well, it was two beers, I guess. Yeah, there you go. I had to get one for a friend when I was there, so. All right. Brady, you want to do promo codes today? I can hit us off. You got you got it so good. Have I doing, been doing well lately? <clears throat> You've been just acing them. So all we'll right. do those first, then we'll dive in. All right. Maybe because of it, I'll get another coffee sent my way. <laughs> That's all I want in You life. need it if you're up all night. Dude, yeah. I'm just, what time did you get back? I get, what, 1230? Yeah, 1230. Yeah, we I, think were, I was in bed by like 10 15. Yeah, it wasn't too late. That would have been the smart thing to do. <laughs> yeah. So, but it's hard when you want to see a bunch of friends and hang out. That that's it. I don't don't do this kind of stuff very often. So. Yeah, ever. Yeah. Once yeah. a year maybe. Yeah. Yeah. All right, promo code time. We want to give you guys the best of the best research and its application she's in right now, as most of you know. And if you don't know, well, I feel bad for you because you should know because you probably missed out on some deadlines already. <laughs> so use promo code PODCAST when you sign up for Insider. You're going to get 50 points back to the Going Gear Shop. That is 50 big dollars back in your wallet that you can use to purchase anything in the Go Hunt Gear Shop. So now's the time. Do your research. Do your due diligence. If you, had 50, if you had 50 bucks right now in the Go Hunt gear shop, what would you buy? I'd buy a goat knife. <laughs> That's what I'm talking so, about right there. That's a goat knife. Set a plug. Just had to do it. Which is a nice transition. We it have is. Travis Nowotny, man, myth, legend. Gosh, the straight the, assassin. Is the kid, you I don't know, know, I, I, I don't know I, if he's a killer. He's an assassin. I call you the Grim Reaper. Yeah, I don't know about that. Him. Just a redneck. That's do, it. Do Just an Idaho boy. Do you hear that? You must. I hear a little bit of it. I mean, he picks up a tag, and then like 24 hours later, when he's this season finally opens, he's already tagged out yeah, like three animals. Cuts yeah. a wide swath for sure. Just if you're not picky like Brady, then you have more opportunities. <laughs> Whatever. You always kill big animals. Yeah, they're always too. giant. Yeah, they're never small. So where are you from? I am from uh, Idaho. So what? What part? Boise, Idaho area. Okay. Middleton, Idaho, actually. But born and raised. Uh, born and raised in Idaho. Yeah. I'm jealous. So yeah. What's the best thing about living in Idaho? Tags. Tags. Definitely tags. Yeah. So we want to talk a little bit about that. Just run through Idaho, you know, and just kind of talk a little bit about the tag process. I mean, what it's like as a resident. It's, it's obviously a great state for a resident, right? Yeah. You can pick up general archery or even rifle, I guess, any weapon deer tags. You can pick up elk tags. Do you also apply for control haunts up there? Uh, not for the most part, just because I do sheep and stuff like that. Gotcha. So it's pretty much just the oil species, you know, so, so you have to pick your species, right? Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, you can either apply for deer, elk and antelope controlled, or you can apply for one of the yep, bigger sheep, species. mountain sheep, goat or moose. So gotcha. killed my moose, killed my sheep. So now it's mountain goat time. So, oh my gosh. And those are ones in a lifetime in Idaho, right? Yep. Yep. So you yep. draw it, you're done. Yep. You've drawn, you've drawn both a moose and a, and a sheep tag. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I, I drew my moose tag back in, I was just out of high school, 2006, and it was like 50-50 draw odds then, you know, so yeah, drew the first time I, I put in, and then uh, <laughs> living life large. took me 10 years to draw my sheep tag. So That, that was recently, the, right? So. That was a couple years ago, the sheep? Um, yeah, it's been a few, yeah, I remember. It's been, it's been, I don't even remember, but it's been a few years. Yeah. yeah. How was that, huh? So, 
Uh, it was awesome hunt. So yeah. Rough. Very rough and demanding country for sure. So gotcha. Yeah, mm. it's kind of it's kind of hunt I really like. You know, one that just feels impossible. So yeah. <clears throat> what uh, what's your background? Like, what do you do for? A li- I mean, you you have goat knives. Maybe maybe give us a rundown on goat knives and how you got involved with that. And then you know, what do you, what do you do? You have a day job as well? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I'm I'm a. Uh, I mean, my primary job, I'm just an electrician, so mm-hmm. I just recently went out from, on my own, so now I can actually have a little more time, and I don't tie down to working for somebody, so. So yeah, watch people, out that's animals, because if he has more time. <laughs> yeah, oh my gosh. Jeez. <laughs> What's he going to do with more time? Yeah. Do you have people working for you, then? I don't, no. Okay. No, I keep it small and simple. Gotcha, so. but you're doing your own thing, so you'll be yep. able to kind of set your own schedule. Yeah, yeah. it's nice to not have the pressure to keep somebody busy, at least right now. Like, mm-hmm. if I don't have work, it's fine. I just go hunting or something, right? Yeah. So, But, uh, yeah, that's my primary job. I mean, that's what pays the bills and everything. And Goat Knives is kind of my, I don't know, would you call it my little side hustle, I guess? So. A pet project? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. When when did you get started with goat knives? Uh, it's been a couple of years now, so like and 2020, I guess is when. So was there like a moment where you're just like, I want to do knives, or it was like an inspiration thing? Like what led you to that path? Oh, I, th- I think it's just like it is with all of us that are backpack hunters and stuff. You know, you're always looking for it's found the little- best, greatest thing, and it's like <clears throat> I could never bring myself to pack Allen wrenches. It just I couldn't do it. I'm yeah. like, I don't want to throw these bulky Allen wrenches. I'm never going to pack in my pack, you know. And, I just got this idea. I'm like, what if I made a replacement blade knife that I can use Allen keys, you know? And then mm-hmm. that way, if I'm in the backcountry and something goes wrong, my sight comes loose or anything, really, my hunt's not over. I can I can fix what I need to fix and stay in the field. So I just, one of those things, I just had to see it through. Like, it just kept coming up in my, you know, coming up in my little brain. And I just, I'm like, worst case scenario, I'm going to put a bunch of effort in this and come out with a sweet knife for myself. So. <laughs> yeah. I can't recall how, how many times I've had to use it to like tighten a tripod leg or, you know, some little Siru plate on the bottom of my spotter or whatever, like pop that little Allen key in the back of the knife and oh yeah, done deal. Well, well before you, you know, if it's something that's not important, like a loose tripod leg, you just kind of struggle through the trip yeah, and not worry just, about it. But now you're like, Ooh, I got a bit for yeah, that. I, so. could, I could do it. Yeah. Yeah, they're pretty sweet knives. Yeah. I mean, I, I was trying to think if I've ever had a situation with my bow where I've ever had to use it, and I haven't, but inevitably there's going to be a time when I have yeah. to use it. I think so. Yeah. yeah I mean, there's, there's going to be. There's going to be a sight bar that comes loose yep. or a rest. It seems like a lot of times, like I said, it was my tripod leg. That's tripod legs and loose tripod plates leg. for my tripod. Just loose. It's easier just yep. to yeah. snug it up real quick if they don't have a D-ring on it, you know. And I just keep the little, uh, whatever, quarter bit. In like my buying a harness all the time. Oh, yeah. It's like it's easy. You just grab it. Have you ever had anyone, though? I want to know, like reach out to you, like, gosh, I just used the product, accidentally had the blade open. I was working on my, something on my bow and like slice the string open. I like, that's the only word I, I ever I, have. It's like someone's touching the bow. I haven't had that. I mean, I would just think it's, like, I mean, put that sheet a little on. common sense. Should just go take, just pop the blade off real quick and use yeah, it. I, you know? pop, I don't ever even carry, yeah. I don't even put it in the sheath. Oh, I really? No, I just yeah, I don't either. Unload it all I just times. pop the blade off, throw it down, use I, it. And I just take it. the blades. I carry extra blades like in a you know my kill kit, and then I just carry the actual knife part itself on its own. I mean, I don't need to carry oh, a sheath. Maybe I'm doing things wrong my whole life. <laughs> yeah, well, at least you know, I had this guy hit me up. He's like, hey, man, this thing bent. And he like sends me a picture and... He's like, yeah, I was trying to tighten something on my bicycle, and I'm like, well, oh god, this, this is like an emergency tool, you know, ultralight, like, you know, just in you case. Thought he, you thought he could get rid of everything at a you shop and work a, on you semis? You don't change a tire with a, a, a goat knife. I, I know put, it's titanium, but apparently, I was putting a tire on my kid's bike. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna put a big, 
you know, quarter inch bit with a three eighths on the back of it so I can, you know, change a tire. <laughs> yeah. Like what's your thought process? <laughs> yeah. So that was your first knife. You launched into that, right? Yep. And you, yep. you started with the, the, the bits that fit within the blade or yep. the handle itself. Yep. And you have a whole lineup of knives now. Yep. Where, uh, I mean, how much background did you put into Cause I will say, in my opinion, your, your knives hold a great edge. Yeah. I mean, I've used, I used a lot of other knives. Like even within the last two years, I've used a bunch of, you know, a bunch of different knives and your knives do seem to hold a great edge. So like how much R and D did you put into like actually finding a company or not a ton actually. Really? It was like, I, uh, I worked with this guy that was like a hobby knife maker. He like hand forged knives and he told me about nitro V nitro vanadium and, um, said that its characteristics were super good for, you know, corrosion resistance and holding an edge and, and things like that. And then I started to do some research online and it was fairly new. Mm-hmm. So I, I kind of liked the idea that it was a new product and mm-hmm. uh, new type of blade steel, you know, and I just kind of went with that with my initial prototype and I just really liked it. So gotcha. So are you doing a lot of design yourself as far as like shape of the blade? That's handles? all me. Is it? Yep. Which I find that's so crazy because they look really good, but their function 10 times you know, better, yeah. better as well. Like it's still a great mix of quality and it looks nice. Yeah. I, I literally just, I have the original sketches. I just sketch them out on grid paper and everything and go into the machine shop and sit down and they put it in CAD and everything. And it's, it's just exactly, you know, make some minor tweaks and stuff like that, you know, but. Gotcha. Of, of all of them, do you have favorites? Um, I'd say the, I mean, for actual function and usability and like hunting is totally the Ibex. I yeah. Think. It's just is super light. Board. It's bare minimum. Doesn't matter if it's a Cape Buffalo or a, a, a little dingo. I mean, you can yeah. <laughs> you can take care of anything with that. Just change the blade real quick, and it's cheap. Like, just makes sense, you know. Gotcha. So. And you're what, like fifty fifty between fixed blade and replaceable blade in your lineup, or is it like um, one? I usually just pack one of each. You know, like right now I pack the chamois, the new yep. chamois, and then the ibex, and uh, so yeah, gotta keep both of them. Yep, I agree as well. I really like the carbon hunter. Like the car, the carbon with oh, the, yeah. the yeah the length of the blade. I really like the length and shape of that blade and the way that thing fits and feels in my hand. Yep. I would say that's probably the knife that is one of the first out of my pack. Yeah, I, I love that knife. I, I like that it's just the whole design feature of that was just like bare minimum, ultralight, but functional mm-hmm. and sexy. Like you know, yeah. I had to just throw the carbon in there just to. <laughs> yeah. uh, but you know, I think as as. Uh, we evolve, I think there's definitely going to come a Gen 2 True Carbon Pro and Skeleton Pro. So gotcha. beef it up a little bit. So We should we should say, Lorenzo, welcome. You, yeah, you, sorry you I'm late. In. My yeah. bad for getting started. And I don't want to be so I all, figured we just good. I got, I got tied up doing something else this morning. Yeah, Lorenzo you were at the duck calling competition <laughs> over yeah, there? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, was, I, was duck, I was doing the uh, good old highball out there. That was me ruining yeah. the, the podcast for you guys. <laughs> uh-huh. yeah, uh, but I was just I was going to jump in. Sorry I'm late. But what's with all the international animal names? Um, just, I like yeah, just the brand goat, you know, yeah. I liked, I like Ibex is like, I just think, well, I love, a, I mean, goat is just, I mean, yeah, it, well, everything, Tom you Brady, know? Michael Jordan, definitely not LeBron. <laughs> exactly. Like not even fucking Absolutely close not, to being LeBron. LeBron. Why I, am I getting pointed at? I agree like completely. You, yes, I know. LeBron. You, I know. Do you want me to like LeBron? You, you said he's the greatest you're, of all you're time. You're a LeBron goat guy. Yeah. No, but I grew chance. up. I grew up in both generations where I could watch Jordan and no I could chance. watch LeBron. But and if you watch LeBron play and you watch Jordan, I like Michael LeBron Jordan and Tom Brady are the only two goats. <laughs> I mean, Kobe is like on the on oh, the God. edge, on the cusp, on the like he could he he's a, a teeter guy. You could say it, but like yeah. in 
some people might argue, but definitely not everybody. The only two that people will never argue, MJ and Tom Brady. I so I love GOAT, just, you know, the overall well, this, uh, We'll continue this discussion like, off air. The, the international going. animals, like what, what's what? It just falls in line with GOAT, right? You know, there's unlimited names of, you know, Capra Hunters, Ibex, yeah, yeah. you know, Argali. There's, they all, they can, they're all going to come eventually, so. Gotcha. You killed but, them? Have you hunted and killed them? I haven't, no. 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 So. Makes you dream and aspire to, though. Yeah, like, absolutely. Dream about it, yeah. Oh, I dream. Yeah. <laughs> deeply about yeah. it. I can't wait to do it. At some point in my life, I, I will do it. But I, I think those Ibex in the Florida mountains or whatever, Florida mountains, Ooh, I think that yeah. would be a fun hunt. You ever we, done it? I haven't. Just, I mean, it's everybody you talk You've, to, it seems like an impossible hunt. So Yeah. Have you applied? I have, but we never, chase never it. We it. always chase it. Yeah, I've, I've never drawn it. I've never drawn it either. I was talking to I'd a guy in New Mexico that guides uh, a week ago, and I was asking him, I said, you know, of guys that you've guided up there with a bow, what are their chances of actually getting a shot? And he said he's had 100% chances. Oh, really? really? Yeah. He's like, my guys have always had a shot. He's like, it might not be the, best. the easiest shot. He's like, it might be a 70-yard shot on a 45-degree angle downhill. He's like, it's a tough shot, super technical terrain. But he said all the guys have shots, which makes me think it might be doable. might be doable mm. for a guy like Th you. That, that's what I think is just one of those things. It's like you go into that hunt like – you don't know. I don't know anything about ibex, you know. So yeah. you're gonna go there and you try to figure them out for a couple of days, and then really hone in and definitely want to before your hunt. Yeah, be well, uh, well I mean, practiced as far it as it is. It is a goat species, so I don't know if you could ever figure them out. Yeah. <laughs> Crazy yeah. to catch it, but yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. like they're they're so random. Yep. He All was those saying species. he was saying it's really about playing pressure points with them. Really, he said yeah with with the other tags that are out there and they're kind of working the mountain. He said it's really about observation and finding. Uh, you know, like transition points between so escape terrain, travel corridors, travel and corridors, saddles, yep, and things. saddles, things like that. And he said you might end up sitting, you know, days and days on end for this opportunity when this group of sheep is going to get bumped and go from one can to the next yep. and pass through this spot. But he said that's the so you can't figure them the out. Ticket. That's what he that's said. Nice. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I've I've been on a lot of. You go do it and tell me how. It works. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, how about that, we draw the tag? Yeah. And then we can. That's definitely how I'd go about it. Like, I yeah. mean, all my hunting is always like that. It's always. I used to trap a lot, you know, when I was younger, and I learned a lot with travel routes and how animals move through country. Like, I, I like every hunt, I bring that into play. It seems like. So, so you grew up trapping. Yeah, yeah. For it's, money or hobby or. Uh well, money actually for like bobcat trapping. Yeah, I, I was super good at it. You know, I mean, why not do something that you're? I love that kind of stuff. So yeah, running a trap a line. And, running a trap line is super enjoyable. It is with a lot somebody of work. who I don't know what the hell I'm doing on a trap line, but I've gone with people like who truly know what they're doing and how yeah. to set up. It's fun it's to go out fun. and check yeah. trap lines, run it trap is. lines. It's yeah. fun. The best memories of my life are trapping when I was younger too. Just yeah. like you said, it makes you like a well-rounded outdoors. Oh, you can learn so much from that kind of thing. Just yeah. how animals move, and it's all I think played a factor. You know. Where's that come from? Is your dad, did your dad grow up trapping? Did you, I mean, ever since I could walk, my dad was, I mean, he's always told me, he's like, for me, the time that you could literally walk, you're poking a stick in snake holes trying to get the snake or <laughs> hit a bird off a fence with a rock. He's like, it, I don't know what it was, but you just wanted to kill things from the, <laughs> from the, you know, really? it's just an instinctive thing. And it totally is because. Huh. I, I don't. Uh, life wouldn't be the same if I didn't have hunting. Like I don't. I don't know how much. I don't know. I just wouldn't have a purpose. It doesn't seem like. To the me. more we talk, the more the so, Grim Reaper does fit. Take, uh, yeah. take it. 
one guess right now if you had to off the top of your head if you if you did not have hunting you grew up inner city you didn't have hunting what would you be doing something outdoors for sure i mean you think you'd still find your way outdoors oh yeah yeah i, I love the mountains like that's one thing about hunting that i like it's i mean you can go on a hunt and just go bow hiking and never shoot anything but you're out in god's creation out in these beautiful mountains mm-hmm. that i just love that like so hmm. you um so you hunted all growing up when, when did you pick up bow hunting because I, I would you say most people kind of equate you with bow hunting archery hunting i would say so yeah, yeah. um I'll, i actually wasn't like right off the gate it was like fishing was my thing because that's you know what do we you still do. fish and, not really, not oh. anymore. The hunting's <laughs> yeah. taking that over, so yeah. you have to make your priorities. Yeah. I grew up across the street from a reservoir, and I fish every summer, almost every day, my entire upbringing. And man, I might go fishing once a year. Yeah. I don't yeah. think I've ever my, seen a photo of you with a fishing rod. Yeah, if my kids like, you just ask, saying that right yeah, now, it's like my blows kid, my mind. Yeah, if my kids ask, we'll go fishing a couple times in the summer. But like, I did that every day, every yeah. summer. I mean, yeah. all summer. I can't remember the last time I fished. Yeah, literally can't remember. Yeah, I could care less about it now. You know, I mean, it's it's fun activity. I think as my kids get a little older, it might be something that we can do as a family be a little more family friendly than, mm-hmm. you know, whatever, shooting jackrabbits or something. So, <clears throat> so you, you, um, you have boys or a girl? You got a boy and a girl. Boy so. and a girl. How old yeah. are they? Uh, seven and four. So gotcha. Are you kind of raising them the same way? Like get them out in the outdoors? Uh, I haven't, I haven't put a bunch of pressure on them yet. Like I'm kind of just let them find their own way. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, my son's starting to really, do you think he's got the instinct? Oh yeah. Like I think you? I think it'll come along. So is your son the oldest? No, he's youngest. youngest so, yeah. Yeah, yeah he's yeah. a mama's boy right now, but he'll figure it out. I got a, I have a three, he's turns four in March, right? And, and it's so fun to raise him around hunting. And oh, just, yeah. You know, I'm doing the, you don't ever want to, you don't ever want to be the dad that's like yelling at your son playing sports and all that stuff. Oh, I'm yeah. sure I will be that guy because I'm, oh, I, you know, it'll yeah, get yeah. the best of me. I know it will. It, it will. <laughs> it, it will. And I, and I know that. But like, you know, four years old, calm right now, I'm letting him kind of, find his way that's into hunting. Ex- I take him with me that's exactly and I want him I'm to doing, see yeah. it, but I'm not like, I'm not forcing anything. Right. Yeah. I kind of, yep. and it's so fun to watch him like find his way into it. Right. Cause yep. I just want him to be around it. And if hopefully he will find his way into yep. it doing that. Yep. It's fun. Yep. So I got to ask a question right now. Yeah. It's going to deter probably everything for a little while. That's I right. have to ask it as an Idaho resident. How do you feel about us non-residents Mm. coming up to your fabulous state to do some hunting? Because I hear a lot it, from it, Idaho residents. See, it, it's I never wanna... really bugged me. It's kind of funny. Like, they say that there's, like, all this pressure and stuff like that. I don't know if it's just because it's the style of hunter that I am, but I don't ever see pressure anywhere at the places that I hunt. So I think people just chalk that up as an excuse to... Did you hear this, Trey? <laughs> but I'm I do. Away. There's, There's... I do agree in some of their, you know, wanting to displace non-residents. Like, you know, we all listen to go hunt and hunt fool and all these things. And no, just go point, hunt. They, they, they point people <laughs> yeah. to different directions and people that don't have knowledge of those places, that's where they flood to. And, yeah. you know, these yeah. small towns that have great hunting, all of a sudden that's all this influx comes in and it, they're, they're frustrated because they live there, you know, and they raise yeah. their yeah. kid there. So that's, I, that's, I, that's I, the part I understand, understand That's the part I really understand. That's because, what, well, that, that, and we have been cognizant of that because, you know, we started later than the other ones we, you spoke of. Yeah. Yeah. Like we don't point anyone in any direction. We don't, we do not, we have been proven to spread yeah. opportunity and yeah. spread pressure because we have developed a tool set 
that allows the individual to find what they want, yep. not being told where to go. Right. Oh, yeah. And all the in the past, everyone was told where to go, which yep. would sway draws insane, an insane amount. And they would all end up in the same areas. And yep. it would really it would really pinch the pressure points where we we have always been very focused on spreading the opportunity and, and letting people know all of the opportunity. It's yeah. up to the individual to find what they want out of their hunt or what they're looking for, a species, wherever they want to go. Um, and I, and I, it's been proven to help in a lot of a lot of states. Yeah, I could definitely see that. The thing, I mean, everybody, Idaho's everybody's backup state. That's the, the yeah, trouble. I think that's what that is the, the, the trouble. Is we do. I mean, we yeah. get, we point people to the state. I guess, yeah. Yeah, I mean, we definitely do. There's, only, yeah. there's very few places that use have it as your back pocket. So that's where yeah. you go. So. Use it as your back pocket. That's yeah, what we it, always. It was. Say. I don't know that you can say that anymore. No. I mean, it's. I mean, if you work real hard and get a little bit lucky. Now, yeah, yeah, actually, I mean, a lot I mean, of lucky and I mean, work a little bit Yeah, I mean, the, the way that they've set that up, they've kind of reduced the number of non-resident general season permits overall. Down and to then, a number that, I mean, yeah. the, the way that system works, it's essentially a draw. You have to log on December yeah. 1st and hope that you get a spot in line. And yep. if you do, you do. Yep. If not, you know, you're probably out of tag. So I would say, I mean... It's still it's a backup, but it's not the backup that it used to be. It used to be. Yeah, you used to literally yeah, bank on it. Yeah, when I was going to Utah State, I could yeah. go to Preston and buy a tag and go hunting. Yep. You know, we, get two tags. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It seems I was, to me that was, residents hated that mentality of like in college. People, people always assume this is a backup state when it's yeah not in a way. Yeah, and it's getting their tags. I don't know. I understand the the want and desire to hunt other places. It's like you know, I go hunt Nevada or whatever, but. I also 100% agree, like, you know, Wyoming should cater to Wyoming residents. Idaho should cater to Idaho residents. Your home state should cater to you. That's just... Yeah, it should. Period. Yeah, you're paying, you and you're paying and state taxes, property exactly. taxes. It's yeah. where yeah. you're... It's, yeah. it, you, are paying, you are paying your way yeah, you where should. a non-resident yeah. is is not. Yep. And I, I would love to have more people hunt Nevada. Yeah. I honestly would. And it made sense that I would not draw tags as often, even though it's pretty hard as a resident yeah. still but it's like we just don't have the habitat and the water yeah. we don't have the population to, numbers to support that to support but i'm it. all for it i wish we could yeah but it's like yeah guys like you up there man living that dream when you say that you don't see a lot of hunting pressure how, how are you finding those kind of spots i'm curious about your logic like how do you go about how much time do you put into scouting how do you how do you process that well anymore i don't really scout as much as i used to but when i was younger it was like I had to find the spot, you know, like mm -hmm. that was my mentality. I had to find these great spots and just learn a lot over the years. And um, it just seems like all the best places are places that you can't glass from your four wheeler and that kind of stuff. So gotcha. I think that's where I get away from a lot of people. Do you hunt a lot of the same spots continually year after year? <laughs> I, or how I much time cherry do you spend? pick all those spots. So like, you know, when I do find a little time to go get some scouting and I'm going to go to all the places that I know are proven and cherry pick through those because you know, in, in Idaho, it's it's not known for big bucks or mm -hmm. anything like that. And I might go all year, and the best buck that I find is a 160 buck, and that's the buck that I end up having to hunt because that's what I have. You know, I'm mm -hmm. fine with that. But I just I just cherry pick all the stuff that you know I know and I've learned, and you know, pretty much how I do it. But. How much time do you put in scouting? You said you don't scout that much now. Just with my kids and stuff. The age yeah, they it gets are, harder. It's yeah. a lot harder. Actually, now that I work for myself, I can actually do a little more. So mm -hmm. it was such a struggle working for somebody else, you know, on their time. And then you got to split your time with family time. And then obviously I got a burning desire to live for myself and do my own thing. So it's, you know, for a while there, it was a real struggle. But yeah, yeah, it is. It's hard. It gets a lot harder. I know that when prior to my kids getting a little bit older right now, they're so busy. It seems like I've got something going every weekend yeah. with them. 
it used to be I could definitely get way more scouting time and and even hunting time. It's it's a lot more challenging than it even was. Even just the years we've been, you've been at Go Hunt. I've noticed that. Yeah, it's it's, it's way more challenging. Tougher. I mean, I think back to like probably the last year that I really put just an absolute ton of scout time was like maybe 2013. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's been 10 years ago at this point. You know, as I think about it, but yeah. I mean, it's that year I shot that buck with the big cheaters and and I put. And then, you know, I had a, I guess I had an elk tag in 2010 and I put 18, 20 days in the summer. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's not the case anymore. I would say most hunts now I'm rolling in very limited, you yep. know, yep. most of the research. How much time do you put in like e-scouting? I mean, a lot in new places out of state and stuff. It's all e-scouting. And, mm-hmm. uh, like what about your home state? No, same. no, I do. Oh, you do? I, I do. Yeah. I'm continually looking for new places to hunt, you know, so, um, yeah, fair amount, I would say. Gotcha. So, is that your drive of adventure, trying to find a new spot, or or any other pressures coming in? Um, yeah, some places dry up, you know, yeah. just over time, I've noticed, you know, some spots that were just loaded with bucks, all of a sudden, you can't even hardly yeah. find a buck anymore. So you it's, killed them all. I have hunting ADD. It's hard for me to hunt the same spot all the time. I love yeah. hunting new places. Yeah, I get like, that, that's too. Like, that's what I genuinely look forward to, is yeah. whenever I draw a new tag, go to a new place, because it's... You no, know, it's hard to find new spots. Yep. So it takes, you know, you hunt the same spot for a couple of years till you find a new one. And I love that first year in a new spot. So I'm always driven to like, I love finding new places. Yeah. I get that. I, one thing I, I do know, like that I've learned anyway, like the spots that you hunt continually are the spots that you can be really successful at. Cause you yeah. learn yeah. just one year, you can learn so much about how the animals use that area and stuff. And it's, it's nice to always take that to the next year. Like, like Nevada, I went there and I've killed pretty good buck opening day yeah. three three years that I was able to hunt you know and uh I think it's just going to be better because mm-hmm. I know exactly what those deer do now so, so like so, in that situation like that like what's your mentality when you spot a buck you're with your heavy bow are you stalking it right away or are you waiting for the optimal op- opportunity or are you kind of like one of those guys who are slightly risking it because you're killing so frequent like early in the hunt so to me it seems like I, it's like a mix of rushing in there but I don't think I ever really Russia, I would say like everything is calculated, you know, and a lot of it is just uh, instinct, I guess. Like I do certain things because I've just, I've played it over, over the years in my head and I just, yeah. I, I don't always sit and, you know, ponder on everything I do. But one thing I do do is I always get as close as I can safely. So mm-hmm. like from the second I find that buck, I kind of, you know. Check start out the working. situation, and I, I get in as close as I can. Yeah, you start working immediately. Yeah, exactly. You don't wait for him to bed. You don't do it. You just you, start working. Unless it's like, a, especially like in an area where it's like uh, timbered or something like that, where I not might not be able to pick him up. So I get in as close as I can, so I can just you know, once you lose that buck, you're host for the day for the mm-hmm. most part. But if a buck was in a high basin and there was a couple trees in there, and you know you're going to be able to sit there and watch Take him bed, back, then yeah. I might sit back and let that buck bed, and then kind of come up with a game plan. But yeah, for me, it's always. Get within, I guess, as close as you can safely, and then just let it play out, whatever that is. Like, whether he's going to bed down and I'm going to slip in, or, you know, in the evening he's getting up and feeding up over a saddle and I can tail him with the wind in my face right behind him. I don't know. It's every situation. I've killed bucks and bulls, you know, in about every situation. And I think getting as close as you can and then letting it unfold is what's really Mm. helped me, I guess. Yeah. Getting in the game is what I really call it, you know, just get in there and get in there. We're sitting back and just waiting for the perfect opportunity. It just, 
your opportunities and days go by and well, as nothing's days ever go perfect. by, it nothing's gets harder ever perfect. and harder and harder. So. Yeah, the nothing's ever perfect. Yep. Hmm. There, is like a, there is a level of making it happen, right? You got to let it happen, but you also have to make it happen. Yeah, you can't force it, but you got to get in the game. Yeah, yeah. Sitting on the other side of the canyon waiting for the perfect situation, to me. It's not going to work. Yeah. I see that a lot. I see a lot of guys that will sit on a buck or bull that they've seen, and especially and it seems like the bigger the animal – the more you can talk yourself into like just sitting and watching, playing and safe. I do the same thing. I do it all the time. Yeah, I'm notorious for that. Yep. Like slow play, you yep. know. And a lot of times it doesn't doesn't work out. So it's that's hard. I mean, that's a hard balance to find. Like yep. you want that animal so bad, and you sit and watch it, and you you almost talk yourself out of it because you don't want to bump. You don't want to screw it. You up. don't want to screw up. And I'm and the exact opposite. Yeah. Yeah. I'm the exact opposite. I wonder if that comes with like the ability that you've had to like hunt. Do you think so? Like hunt I, so many big like good, I, I mature think so. animals. I've been insanely blessed, fortunate, lucky, whatever the word is, to to be able to hunt a lot of big stuff, a lot of cool places. I but my personality personality though is yeah. like I, I'm just like a full send. Yeah. Like, my, when it. I make my mind up, my wife hates me for this. I've said this a million times. I'm sure people get mad at me for talking about this all the time in the podcast too. But carnivore. Carnivore? Should we bring it up? <laughs> what? what? Um, Did you say carnivore? But like when I make my mind up, it's uh, I, I yeah, it's my biggest. It's a huge blessing for me and my personality, but it's also my biggest weakness too because it like it gets in my own way. So when I see an animal that I want, I am like fuck it, full send, <laughs> yeah, go, like mm-hmm. let's go. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I have I have missed some opportunities because I did push the envelope too far too fast. Yep. You know I didn't know enough about the animal. I didn't, you know, didn't know his escape route. Didn't know whatever it is, right, and end up losing that animal. Yeah. But it has worked for me at the same time. So, like, it's kind of hard to get out of my own way when it has worked. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. so every time I see one, I'm like, yep. let's go. But, but I kind of think there's really no, like, playbook. Like, I'm speaking about mule deer, and there's no set strategy. Like, we do this every single time, that yeah. buck is dead. There's no, it's yeah. always different. Like, every situation when I glass up something, how you approach it, or come from below and come up, like, yep. wait for them to ambush, yeah. like you said, get a little aggressive, be patient. Thinking no through in my head, too, of your point, I, yeah, I think I am over-aggressive because I, I am expecting to have the opportunity again yeah. in the future, the next year, maybe two years later, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's it, it yeah. probably affects my decision-making. Gotcha. I don't yep. have that, like, oh, this is my one. Yeah, you know, one chance. I, d- I don't have that. Yeah, yeah one, one thing I've noticed is, like, those bucks, especially those ones that I really, really want that are, like, next level, they always elude me. The buck that's like, that's a great buck. Anybody be happy with that buck. I'd be happy with that buck. I can kill that buck every time. <laughs> every time. Do you but think, that yeah. next level, it's just pressure on yourself. It's yeah. it really and how is. you say they always they always elude you. Like I would rather I would rather fuck it up than him elude me. You yeah. know what I mean? Because then I know yeah. it's on. Then I yeah. know it's like I at least I tried to make it. Yeah. Happen. That's what I'm trying to, to kind of decode. Is it is it just a difference in how you process the hunt? Like how you feel about that animal? I feel like it is. I feel like when you put pressure on yourself, I mean, you're going to fail. I agree. But if it's... What about if it's a 200-inch deer? That's what that's I mean. That's a lot of pressure <laughs> yeah, I'm putting on myself. Yeah. It's a shitload of pressure. If I, I mean, could to kill have all the big bucks you? that I've had in, you know, in my days, it would be pretty impressive. <laughs> like, yeah. But they just... The big, big ones always seem to get away. You know, every now and then you kill a really good one or whatever that, you know, just works out. And you're like, well, well that big, big bad, ones are big, big for a reason. Yeah. You know, they know, that, they know what they're doing. That all plays a factor. I think. Yeah. So. Do you, do you hunt a buck? Like, do you find a buck and hunt a buck or do you more look at terrain and think this is the type of terrain I can kill a buck in with my bow? 
So I'm going to hunt this terrain and try to find a buck in it. I would say a buck. A buck. Like I find the, the best buck that... Regardless of where I he's can. at. Yeah. Yeah. Timber, sage, doesn't matter. You, yeah. You're going at it and trying to, fi- that, trying to figure yep, it out. Yep. Yep. You know, a lot of times like on like out-of-state stuff where it's like, I know I don't have the time to dedicate to it. Mm-hmm. I'm less picky just because I know that I've got five days scratch out and when that's over, that's I'm it. going home. So yep. this solid 170 buck is perfectly fine with me, you know? Sure. So... Yeah, you. Um, I asked earlier about archery. So, like, what? Did, when did you get into archery? And what do you What do you like about bow hunting? Um, it really it kind of just fell into place as like I evolved, you know. And a lot of it was stemmed from, uh, I guess my dad being a good parent. I guess for the most part. Uh, <laughs> Shout out to his dad. <laughs> yeah. He he didn't he didn't want us to get hurt. You know, I, he didn't want me to run around with my guns and stuff like that. But I could get away with a bow and arrow for whatever reason. So. <laughs> <laughs> that once I got a bow and arrow in my hand, I could freelance keep that in my room. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, go try to kill I, I, cottontails, uh, things like that. And once I started to shoot a bow, like I don't know what the just watching the flight of the arrow, watching hunting shows. You know, I mean, any like back when I, in the day, like there was very little out there that you could see, and any any kind of uh, content, whether it was like primos videos shooting deer mm-hmm. from. Tree stands, like, I just absolutely loved that vision of a, just an arrow blowing through a deer with blood coming out. And <laughs> just, just that mystical flight of the arrow. I just I just absolutely love that. There so. is something genuinely real in the flight of an arrow. Oh, like, it is. is therapeutic. That's when, when people I've always shoot. said this. This is my favorite. It's one of my favorite feelings yeah. about being human for me is coming to full draw. Everything lines up. Your anchor feels perfect. Your forearm, everything's nice, relaxed arrow breaks and like getting to watch that arrow land perfectly in a oh, tan yeah. ring. It is like the most satisfying yeah, feeling. And I, I don't know how to explain it. Other have you guys, than that. have you guys seen Cam Haynes's new lift run shoot series he's doing on YouTube Yeah, yep. with a, a lot of non hunters, mm-hmm. the exterior of anyone knows how to shoot a boat, but like these bigger personalities out there, yeah, like a little bit of, yeah. Michael Chandler was his first, the UFC fighter was his first. Uh, and then he had Chris Williams, the guy from London who lives in Austin now never picked up a bow. The look on their faces when they hit, the balloon at 74 yards it is like that that is archery yeah. you know there is something so true about that flight it's, of it's an arrow satisfying. and like the satisfaction the the therapeutic side of it it's it, there is something had, to if it if you had to pick between only bow hunting and never getting to actually shoot your bow and practice with it or you can shoot your bow all the time whenever you want you got a great run range but you never get a bow hunt which one you choose oh that's bow, a, it'd be bow hunt bow that's hunting. a great question i, I love the game of it so I yeah. feel like I've practiced enough in my life. I can just pick it up and yeah. so we'll put it. I like this. Be. What if we need to keep this for <laughs> the rest of the podcast? That's a good one. How much yeah. do you shoot? I I I don't shoot a ton. Like I don't shoot. I don't shoot all year. Let's put it that way. Gotcha. It's like basically like you know bear seasons come up, like a month and a half before bear season. I'm really picking up my bow. I mean, I'll shoot my bow, but like not every single day like I do when I'm getting prepared for a hunt. Mm-hmm. Anytime I'm getting prepared for a hunt, it just you know. I get my bow tuned, I get every you know, all the leg work done, and then it's just get my sight tape built, dialed, and then it's just a matter of I only shoot like three to six arrows in an evening, and that's it, like perfect arrows. Not just shooting arrows, I go to shoot yep. perfect arrows and then put my bow away. You're a perfectionist, minimalist so, perfectionist. Yeah, I just, yeah. I, I feel like, well, I've learned this like when I was younger, I used to just shoot and shoot and shoot, and then you create bad habits. Yeah. So I know how to shoot a bow, yeah. you know, I know how to do the, repeat the same thing every time. And yeah. just, if practice I can just does do not that. make perfect. 
perfect practice makes perfect. I agree with that. Yeah. So that it, it's a there is a fine line there. Like practice, you could you can end up ruining yourself in practice. Yep. Perfect practice makes perfect. And that's the same thing when it comes to the final leg of actually killing something in bow hunting. And that's where I think a lot of people miss the the bill. Like when I was a kid, any opportunity I could to kill something, I don't care if it was a doe or whatever, I did it. And mm-hmm. I got years and years and years of killing stuff as a kid. Yeah. Rabbits, coyotes, white-tailed does, antelope doe, you know, whatever. Just all that repetition is just built up, you know what I mean? And yeah. Then, it's really funny you say that. So, uh, like, in the office, we have a lot of, of new hunters, and I and I have a lot of, you know, I've grown up in Vegas my whole life, and I get a lot of questions about, like, getting into hunting and starting and all this. I always tell them, just go kill as much shit as you can. Does It, it doesn't yeah. matter what it is. You learn like, you so will work much. your way up. If, you, if the, you're going after a six-point bull, you'll get there. Don't worry about that yep. right now, though. Go kill as much shit as you can. Yeah. Literally, anytime you have the chance, just just kill. You need oh, yeah. to get good at killing first. Well, I hear a lot of guys that are like, oh, I didn't I hunted all year, and you know, I, I never even found a buck that was over 170, so I never went after him. You know? and I'm like, well, how many bucks have you killed with your bow? Oh, I've never killed one. Yeah. Go yeah. kill. Yeah, I think that when you do find that buck that you want to go after, and it's your first time trying to finish that last, you know, ten percent oh, of the yeah. hunt, dude. Just I, I am such a huge proponent of like, just go fucking kill. Just yeah, just everything. Learning the animals, learning yeah. when to draw, how to draw, like what you can get away with. Learning like, how to kill is a is a, is a skill in my like a learned skill. It is. It, we, we all have it in our in our DNA, right? Like yeah. you go back in time, the primal world. Like we have that DNA of being a killer. You just you got to kind of wake it up and and get those reps and to yeah. to know how to be a killer. Yeah. I think most all guys do the same thing. You know, we all do the same things, but it's that last few decisions that in Absolutely. the end are the difference. Like, yep. so. I think there might be too a misconception out there now because all these new generations of hunters they have access to social media. All right, mm-hmm. social media is very skewed. Everyone's killing giant deer, giant elk all the time. Just like everybody's got four so, percent body fat and yeah. looks amazing. And like you on look, the at, beach. look at look add at all hunters. Add, add a two in front of that, and you put me in my twenty four percent. The filter maybe? bullshit too. It's also it's not just hunting. Like hunting, everyone likes to tear down hunting because yeah. of social. It's it's literally everywhere you look in every industry. I yeah, I completely agree, but yeah. it's not just hunting, which. Hunting, it almost gets more of a bad rap that everybody says, oh, it's ruining hunting. Yeah. It's ruined everything else, too. But I got a second point to it, though. I think all of us grew up, like you said, shooting rabbits, shooting coyotes, shooting whatever we can, shooting does, like practicing killing stuff all yep. the time. Yep. So we became more lethal. So now I think more people are becoming, you know, they're, they don't want to be that guy like, oh, I just shot a doe. Yeah. Because like no one's gonna praise them for it. Yep. <laughs> so yeah, they're not they actually the social status. The social status. So they're not actually yeah. out there practicing killing when they should be shooting does when they're yeah. younger, working on things, going out there and doing whatever it is, shooting yeah. rabbits. It might shock some, but you don't have to post it. Yeah, you don't have to you post it. You don't have <laughs> but to they post want to, though. You don't have to post what you ate or how hard you <laughs> worked that to. day or what you, you don't have to. And so to. I think a lot of these people are then missing some of these skills. So like later on when they do get these buck or bull tags of a lifetime, they don't really know how to close I the distance and get agree. it done. Totally yep. agree. Because they are looking for that fame yeah. early on because they see everyone else doing it. It must be the cool thing to do. But it's like, yeah, just give that, I'm not going to swear, give that stuff up. I'll swear for you. Give that <laughs> shit up. Give that shit up, Brady. Um, so it's like, I don't know. I think there might I be mis- a missing link you. nowadays with some of these kids. Like, we grew up literally. I, com- I completely like you said, agree Like, you. I was shooting my recurve at anything in the backyard. Yeah. Like, I got yelled at for shooting birds with my BB gun. Yeah. Oh, man, so uh, so you were talking swallows. about your dad. I have a similar <laughs> shout out to my dad. Similar story. Growing up in Las Vegas, right? Like, 
you know, being a kid, you, you kind of always want to be like, you want to be cool. You want to fit in. Right. And I was, I grew up around guns. My family's hunting. I always wanted like a gun in my safe. Like, a, you know what I mean? Like you, the responsibility handed to you mm-hmm. when your dad hands you a gun. Like I always wanted that, but my dad would let me shoot a bow in my backyard all the time. Yep. The gun I was not allowed to touch. Locked up. You can only shoot it with hands. Was not allowed to even look at it. Yeah. But my bow, you know, as a kid, I, I could go out. Yeah, free, free I used rain. to shoot every, I used to put dog food. I had a golden retriever growing up. We had a golden retriever, a couple little dogs, but the golden retriever. I used to put her dog food out in the yard. Did you shoot your dog? No. I thought this was where the dog was going. No, no. I I was going to head it off in the past. I'm like, don't tell me you shot a golden retriever. No, my my point of saying it was a big dog, which, no, I did not shoot the dog, but she (laughs) ate the the good dog food, right? I used to go put that in the yard. And I used to have pigeons and all kinds of birds. So every day before school, I'd go out there and kind of peek around the thing. And I, I could shoot my bow whenever. My dad would let me. Yeah. I had a big side yard. You know, yeah, I grew up in Vegas, but I had a huge side yard. Um, yeah, cliff swallows yeah. and uh, yellow-bellied marmots was, yeah. and jackrabbits was my, yeah. Mine was bald eagles. And <laughs> oh, bald eagles. <laughs> yeah. Uh-oh. Uh, no, Statue it was like, a, you know, I lived in the city, so yeah. pigeons, you know what I mean? So every morning I'd go out there and there'd be a, a handful of pigeons and I'd try to shoot one oh, yeah. every morning. Yep. What, uh, what do you think it is like that? What is that final, like what are those decisions that you're making that you think are different and that people could learn from to actually make it happen? Cause I'll tell you, this is me personally speaking. I'm one of those guys, mule spot stock mule deer. It's like arch nemesis for me. Like it's that last closing distance that I screw up. Yeah. So I'm, I'm interested. And I think a lot of people do. To me, I think a lot of it is actually like knowing the animal, like being able to read their mannerisms and things like that and make movements to get in closer at the right time, being able, knowing when to draw and how to draw. Like, I mean, a lot of people screwed up just on drawing. Like you watch my best friend, Clay Hill, <laughs> one of the biggest outfitters in, in the West. Horrible at killing. Yeah. He's an outfitter. He doesn't get to kill. Oh, yeah. I was on a sheep hunt with him this year. He drew his one of a kind uh, once in a lifetime sheep tag in Colorado. Didn't draw, so keep going. Yeah, that, that's just it. Just those little things, you know. Like, I watch shows and stuff, uh, videos when guys drawing when you know a bull's coming up, and it's like, how'd that guy get, not get busted? There, I would have never came to full draw right then, you mm. know. And it's just those, I don't know, just those this is the dis- little things that you're stacking up. Decision, the little decisions, and a lot of it, I think, is geared towards being in that situation so much. You know what that elk's going to do. You know what that deer's going to do. In different situations, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So. Interesting. There's a lot the, of times I just flip the switch and you do things perfectly right and it still doesn't work because they're animals and they're random. and That's the beauty of it all. It is. It's yeah. never guaranteed. That's the beauty in hunting for me. It's like finding and killing two very different things. You're going to have some experiences of seeing animals that like blow your mind and you have that burned into your memory. But killing, like yeah. that's that's the beauty of it. It's none, none of it is guaranteed. Yeah. Do you have, um, you've hunted everything. I mean, you mean Idaho, you've, I see you po- you, you'll kill an antelope, elk, deer, you know, all of it. Do you have one that's your favorite? I mean, mule deer's spot, definitely. Spot and stock mule deer? Yeah, just I think the country that it is and just the mule deer. I mean, they're just, there's nothing better than mule deer bucks. Do, so. do you have a buck or like a story that you could share that's like meaningful to you in some way or that like you think people could learn f- some lesson from? Like, is there one that is kind of like above and above and beyond? Like, I, you one that a, you draw from? Yeah, that you draw now from. Now that you go on into all the the next hunts. Um, no, I, I would I wouldn't say there is. I mean, there's obviously bucks and stuff that are super special for me and, and meant a lot, you know. But um, 
What's your favorite buck? Uh, I'd probably say my big old three-point with kickers. That's Straight three with kickers? Yeah. yeah. What kind of country did you find him in? Uh, high desert. So Sage, straight sage, sage rock? Yep, yep, rock, ribbon cliff, high bitter brush, flats, you know. Shoot him out country. of his bed in a in a. Yep. Shot him out of his bed. Yeah. yeah. I love that. Yep. What's a... You get in those cliffs and they're bedded. Oh, uh, I love that high desert oh, it's type the best. buck. I just know that. Yeah, that type of hunt so well. I've done it so much. It's just in Idaho has a lot of that. Like I, you know, I hunted Southern Utah, Nevada, my entire life growing up. Very similar yep. country, Central Nevada, Southern Utah. Like those rimming cliffs. Oh yeah, so fun. I feel a lot of it's just overlooked. You know, yeah. So mm-hmm. That's a lot of it's yeah, a lot wasteland of people, to a lot of people. A lot of people drive right through it. Yep. They want to yep. go to the top of the mountain, yeah, especially early mountain. season when it's hot. Yep. You know, they want to go up and hunt in the pine. Yeah, yes, but Brando's a great example on his on his uh, elk hunt. When he's he's in the bottoms chasing elk in the pinions, right? Like they're the elk are rutting. He's got an archery elk tag. Yeah, he shoots a hundred and ninety plus inch mule deer just <laughs> down in the desert bottom. You yeah. know what I mean? Like they are there. Oh yeah, yeah. What's uh? What would you say like average shots are like for you as far as distance goes and like tech, technicality? You you mostly shooting downhill on them and I would say on mule deer they're always pretty close. Or, I mean. 20 to 35 yards. For really? The most part, it seems You're like. getting in there. Oh, yeah. You're not You're taking long it. shots, though. Oh, I will. And I, I make those shots, too. But the bigger percentage is like bucks bedded down, and you got to get close enough to actually be able to see them to put an arrow in them. Oh, yeah. And That's you got to push the envelope a little bit, it seems like. So. Do, you, do you buy into the philosophy that you only get as close as you need to? Like, so let's say that you've got, you, you've got a buck, he's bedded, you get into 60 yards. You could potentially get to 40 or 35, but you've got him at 60 and he's in a position when he stands up that he could shoot him. Do you push that envelope or are you going to take this 60 yard? It's it's situational. Like say it's uh, on a big open ridge where it's heated up later in the day and I know that wind is consistent. I might just get as close as I need to and hold up. But if I have any inkling that the wind could screw it, I'd rather push that envelope and get in and get a shot. I mean, I'm still moving in like a cat, you know, slow and methodical. And I'm not pushing the envelope by any means. I'm just going a little slower and watching it unfold until I like, okay, yeah, I, I can't get any closer. This is, this is, how, this is it. So. How slow do you really go? Do, um, do, <laughs> do, you know, do you know what I'm saying by asking that question? Oh yeah. Yeah. And it's, I, I say everyone's situational. Like, is the wind blowing? Like, can they hear me? Like, can I hear myself? Like, can you hear your own footsteps? If you can hear your own footsteps, that mule deer can hear you. And you need to go very, very slow. Like, it's just all those things play a factor. You know, sometimes, you know, you can see the buck's antlers just over the top of the rim and you can move a little closer. There's wind in your face and you can just get up there and then you know when mm-hmm. the top of his head starts to get exposed, it's time That's to really start slowing down. That's the primo setup when but, you can see the tips of their antlers. Oh, yeah. That's your harshest racing. You know you're going to get That's something soon. That's the primo setup. Mm. I, I get a lot of people that are like, I, you hunt open country a lot. Like, how do you, like, the train's not set up to get in close. The more open country, the better, I feel like, because you can keep your eye on the animal, like mm. just watching what it does mm-hmm. when its head's down. Like if, for the most part, if you're sitting still, when they're looking your direction, they're not going to pick you up. So, yeah, yeah, yeah I completely agree. So go, go slow, but be calculated in it. Yep. Yeah. I mean, I'll go as slow as it takes. One thing I, I don't do is like when I go in on a stock, like most people, it seems like they're like, oh, I need to go in and, and get this shot and get it. It's like most of the time, it's like an all-day deal. It's like it can be three hours or it can be nine hours. Like mm. I just do whatever it takes. Like I just don't just don't cut any corners. Like if it 
You got to sit yeah. out in the baking. You sun push for, to ninety five percent and let the last five percent happen by itself. That, that's it. It's like why would I? Why I went through the effort to find this buck. He's yeah. bedded. I know where he's at. Why would I rush in there and screw it up? Like yeah. now's the time to like be calculated and mm-hmm. kill that thing. Mm-hmm. Like my confidence at that last little bit is like, especially the more and more you do it, is just like this buck's dead. There's no. There's no. You way let your. Do you let yourself that. think like that? So like when you get when you look into sports psychology, you know. I don't know if you're into sports psychology at all and listen to people who really study the mindset of like high level athletes, but there, some of them will let themselves think about winning the Super Bowl and like what they'll say afterwards, what they're going to say in an interview, what they're going to do with their families. And then there's a lot of athletes, very high level athletes that will not let themselves think about it. And they see therapists who like make sure they don't, they don't want to think into the future. They yeah. need it to let it, let it happen. Do you let yourself think about killing it? I'm a what you're going to do. I'm a visual. I lay in bed at night and think of sneaking in on a buck and watching the perfect arrow flight, little flicker in the sun, hitting that buck (laughs) kicks. I'm talking fantasize about it. Like the daydream I get, but being in the actual moment itself. No, it's, I go into kill mode. It's just, and you don't let yourself think about the future. I don't even think I just do. And that's from, that's what I'm saying. Like all these people that, especially later in life you you start hunting you know like maybe mm-hmm. after you're married and stuff mm-hmm. like that because i mean hunting's awesome it's i mean yeah. who doesn't love hunting like yeah but you, you gotta think like these little redneck kids that didn't have a, a pocket boy game boy and stuff they ran around killing throwing oh, yeah. rocks and trying yeah. to kill uh-huh. things and I, I just feel like those guys are way 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 ahead of the curve yeah. like and most the guys that are just absolute killers it seems like were those kids yeah so the reason I asked that question is like, so and that what I draw, well, you asked if there's anything he draws from mm-hmm. in past times. I have fucked up before on, on animals I've really wanted because I let myself think about like, oh, I'm here. I'm going to kill this oh, thing. He's going to stand sure. up. I'm going to kill this thing. Yeah, you're taking I, a picture I, yeah, already. Like there's, yeah. a ri- there's a rock right there. I can take a picture on Skyline. Like I, you know, look, I, I have no issues admitting that yeah. I, I have gotten myself to that point. And... When it all that last five percent started to happen, it wasn't it wasn't what I had in my mind, and it kind of threw me off, yeah. right? So now every time I hunt, I will I actively catch myself. And again, it happened on Clay Hill's hunt. We're sitting on these rams bedded, and I'm like, and I started to think about like, oh, yeah. oh he it's going to stand up, it's going to go right, he's going to kill it. We need to be right here. I started to build it up in my head before it actually happened, and I, I actively now when I archery hunt will stop myself like no. Quit fucking thinking. Don't yeah. think about it. Well, Let it happen. Don't I, build anything up in your head. I play out situations like that, and, you know, and I think, I, I don't know if it's exactly what you're talking about, but, like, uh, just from, I, here's an example, I guess. I don't know if it's it's exactly how you're going about it, but I was coos deer hunting just a few weeks ago, <laughs> and I'm sneaking in on this buck, and he's with a hot doe, and I'm getting, I'm like 150 yards, and I'm kind of tapped out. I can't safely get closer, and. I'm sitting there and I see that buck kind of suck his nose in and like put his ears back and he I hear him snort wheeze. I'm like, there's another buck right there. Like I just instantly knew that there was another buck right there and I didn't even see another buck. Anyway, stiff leg walks to the left and I see this other buck, a bigger buck. <laughs> and this buck's super aggressive and he goes to basically run that buck out of there and that my intuition just from experience, like I'm like, this buck's going to go get pushed through that saddle. So I, I instantly knew, you know, I did this big half circle jog and set up in that saddle come that buck you know what i mean like mm-hmm. you you know how it's going to play out so I'll, i mean a lot of times I, I play it out like that and that's how i make my next move but yeah 
That's mm. good intuition. I don't, I don't have that, that good of intuition like that. I mean, I, I'm, you know, I'm confident in my abilities to read the animal's body language and when yeah. to push, when to back out, when to draw what, you know, I'm, yeah. I'm comfortable there. I get ahead of myself in trying to like think what they're going to do. You know, like I, I've got myself in bad situations see, doing that. See, I wish I was better at that part of it. Yeah. Well, I say, I, I think that's what I do then. It, um, you know, a lot of the decision-making that I do, it's just like reading their mannerism and it's like, oh, there's a natural saddle right there. Yeah. This buck's pushing that buck that direction. He's going to push that buck until he's away from that hot dough. He's going through that saddle. Like, yeah. and I do just, you, instant, do you think that's I mean, a natural, that's a God-given talent or do you think you can learn that? Experience. I think you can learn it, but I think you're, I think, it's I think he's working from, I don't know how old you are, but 30 years of experience probably yeah. at least yeah. of, of seeing things. I wish play I, I, out wish like I was better at that. Cause I when I, when I, when I do that, I have found myself in a worse situation than before I thought through it. Yeah. Like I, I, I wish I was better at that, that yeah. part of it. Well, a lot of uh, animals are predictable in their, their habits. If you know what they do, just like, a, you know, uh, in that situation, like I watched that buck suck his nose in and pin his ear back, and I knew I was going to hear a snort wheeze before I even heard it. Yeah. Like I just, yeah. I've seen it on TV, I've seen it everywhere, and I knew what that buck was going to do, and I seen him show that aggression, and I just knew that that's what was going to happen. Like, yeah. and I think it, same thing with elk hunting, mule deer hunting. You just see that so much. You make that decision in your mind before you really have to think about it. In in like that, I knew what to do. Like yeah. just just like that. That's my, why you're a killer. I let it backed up. Hold ass down. Yeah. Did you kill that buck? The buck jumped my string, but I should have killed that buck. Yeah. 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 You had the you had the shot though. Yeah. Yeah. You that's why exactly. That's how why I you're a killer. It. See that? So. Yeah. That's that next. It's that next level. It's that level from seeing it play out. I mean, a lot of people I think could look at a buck snort. We you know pin his ears back, hear the snort wheeze. You're like, okay, another buck's in the area. Then it's like that next equation that never occurs to him. Well, I've told, I, it's, I, that it's weird. Like, that's what I mean. Like sometimes, and I, I'm sure I'm not the only one just for whatever reason, like, cause I get asked the time. They're like, well, what do you do? I don't think about it. I don't know. But I knew in my head just by sneaking up, I like, you're in, the in my subconscious. Yeah. I knew there was a saddle right there. You're in I, like, state. I knew the terrain and everything yep. in my head. And as soon as that buck do that, I knew what to do just like that. Mm -hmm. It's like, it's like when athletes talk about, they play their best games when they're in the flow state, like they're not, they're not actively thinking, but it's just naturally thinking. Yeah, yeah like exactly. That's, that, that's, that's it. Spot. I don't break down anything. It's mm -hmm. just kind of a natural thing. Like yeah. I just, yeah. that's why it's hard to, it's hard to tell somebody else. It's, it is. It's, like, it's, it's hard so to relay hard. that information because people ask all the time, what is it? What is the difference? What do you do differently? And it's like, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. It's, yeah. This comes from experience. Yeah. Just being out I, there I mean, all the time. I just, Mostly what I tell people is it's, I always equate it back to, and I'm not on your level by any means, but like I equate it back to time. It's just time spent, whether that's time actually out hunting on that hunt specifically, or time that you've spent previously in the field or the time you spent in the summer. I mean, really, I think it, a lot of it boils down to just time. Nothing yes. replaces time in the field and no. getting out there for yourself, yeah. yourself and learning. Like those not, built not reps. what everybody else says to do. I mean, that's a starting point. You mm -hmm. can... You could take it and yeah, run mm -hmm. with it. Run with it, but yeah. like nothing replaces getting out there and learning it for yourself. So. Gotcha. What uh, what do you like for for bow? I mean, what are you looking for in a bow? What's um, the most important thing to you when it, in regard? Is it noise? I mean, what do you? What's your effort you put uh, into it? Did you already go know. through what he shoots? No, I haven't yet. What, I mean, what I'm bow a diehard Hoyt, Hoyt guy. guy. Like Hoyt, I just yeah. I love that back wall, how the feel of it, that kind of thing. But you know, for me, like. I shoot 80 pound bow. I've always shot 80 pound. I'm a bigger guy. I have no 
issue shooting 80 pounds. So real I'd, strong I'd, guy I'd, too. I'd, it sounds I'd, like I'd 80 bump, pounds. Bump it up a little bit, but I don't shoot a super heavy arrow or anything. I shoot kind of a, you know, I shoot like a 467 grain arrow. Nothing crazy, Smoking you know, fast. with a, a <laughs> hundred grain broadhead. I'd rather have. A, I can. I got a little longer draw length, and I shoot 80 pounds, so I can get away with. I don't need a super super heavy arrow, you know. Mm -hmm. I'd rather have. A, a little flatter pin gap and I can get a mm -hmm. little get away with more you know what I mean like yep. I, I can, can flock miss, shoot a little misjudge bit. Yeah. something by eight yards and still smoke the buck yep. you know? yep, yep. in a in a pinch mm -hmm. so that's I'm in the same camp I so. am as well what do you like, like for sight yeah. what do you shoot for? uh I, I really like that uh like uh excel that's uh, uh -huh. just the pins oh and oh I just yeah. picked up that new dialed um uh -huh. seems a lot similar so <laughs> yeah chance to play Looks, with it at all I just barely just got, got it. it. Is so that a five pin, three pin? It's what? a three pin. Three. So I, I like the pins. I like the idea of that uh, angled elevation rail. Yeah. It's very unique. Um, very like, unique. It, really, it looks good too. Yeah, I like the the light aperture, being able to gather light, just yeah. slide that open. I've, I've got bad vision. It's me too. So it's <laughs> I really like small pins and very crisp and bright, like especially for those longer shots. You know. You wear contacts. Uh, I had LASIK, but it's still bad. It's it's I'm it's going downhill as I age, you know. Yeah. So I need to go get it touched up again. So, do you uh, stabilizer wise? How do you set it at your bow up? I've got like a. Uh, do you put back bar? twelve inch cutter no. on it? No, I I've never done that. Like I know I would like it. I've never tinkered with it, but it's like bottom line is I got to pack that thing. So yeah, I they're heavy. I do. I can get away with a little weight out front, a little longer stabilizer, and still shoot great so for what i'm trying to do you know gotcha in a kill situation i you know 70 is kind of my my cutoff it's just i like to get closer than that to feel like i really earned it kind of thing so mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you shoot fixed blades or mechanicals uh fixed blades but i've definitely been tinkering with some mechanicals lately like i killed that, that coos deer buck a few weeks ago with mechanicals Mechanical. pretty cool so it was just recently that idaho could use mechanicals exactly yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's right. I don't, I don't know if I'd use them for elk. Those things are just—they're so tough, and I—I'm scared of them. I've never—I've never shot them. Yeah. But just stories I've heard, like I'm—I'm I'm scared of them. The thing that, I, yeah, I think they shoot great. I'm, you know, performed great on that that coos deer. But the thing I don't necessarily like is like you can't like push them into your quiver to keep them silent when you shoot. So you shoot, and it's kind of kind of loud. You know what I mean? So yeah. If you're shooting with a quiver on your bow, yeah, exactly. they can rattle a little bit. Yep. Unless yep. you got like a set, like you shoot a tight spot. Yep. Yeah. Secondary gripper help quite a bit. The, I don't know yeah. if you've got one, but <laughs> I've played it through my head. If I did go that route, yeah. like, oh, I could cut some foam out that's a little bigger that could, you know, absorb yeah. some of the shock and I can still stick my point in there with that. Yeah. Yeah. So. I've gotten to using a hip quiver. I like it so much better than actually having the quiver on my bow. Yeah. I, I used to use one of those a long time ago, but yeah, like the cat quiver. Or, do you remember those? I, <laughs> I, it was just one that I, uh, I think it just went in your pocket, uh, folded in on one side with mm -hmm. six arrows. I'm on just going to go legless style, just <laughs> straight out yeah. the back. Yeah. Just <laughs> straight pulling them from a quiver <laughs> on your back. Yeah, being a backpack hunter, just having your quiver on your bow is nice. So that's yeah, it's it's hard to get away from that for me. So yeah, what, what about go ahead? Are you can still go archery. No, go ahead. Okay, I, I want to jump into optics. What's your optic setup that you're taking like on a mule deer hunt? And then to follow up, like, what type of glasser are you? Are you a grid guy, or are you just like analyzing all the terrain, trying to like hit the spots that you know might hold deer? I'm, I'm an, I mean, I glass everything, but like right out of the gate, I'm just, I hit everything that looks bucky. Looks bucky, that looks yep. good. You know, stuff, you know, like the ridges and stuff first before something goes over the top goes of the over, ridge, yep. you know what I mean? And then hit everything else when I have time. But 
I use like a 10 by 42 EL Swaro. It's for my primary glass. Um, I'm going to get those NL Pures this spring. After oh, buddy. My buddy pulled a set out of his pack, and I pulled him up next to mine, and I'm like, I hate you. Aren't they crazy? <laughs> I, I have to. Here it's we go so again. It's one yeah. of those things where, like, how could it get any better than the EL? I didn't right? think it would. Yeah. yeah. Until you look through it's them. Night and and day. it's like, what? So did, how you, to, did you say you use range finding binos? No. No, you use an extra, like a yep. handheld range finder? Yeah. Gotcha. Yep. yep. So that and uh, just a 65 Swaro angled um, for the most part. And then uh, glass, like not, on, glass on, not a tripod? Um, I'm not a big tripod guy. I've yeah. never, I mean, when I get the NL Pures, I will be because I've never wanted to send them off and have the end of my thing oh, threaded. Yeah. So. Yep, exactly. But I mean, I'm always, like, when I glass, I sit down, I'm always on my knees. So I'm solid. Like, mm -hmm. so. Yeah. Are, you, are you doing a lot of like midday glassing with like spotters, trying to pick up deer in shadows? Or are you kind of one of those I guys who can start to with my spotter? You never like, glass with your spotter. I, it's only to size something up. So yeah, everything is with my binos. I don't, I don't know if that's correct, but it works for me. You know. Yeah. Uh, and I, you know, I'm just a, I glass everything all day. Are you, are you sitting in one one knob, or are you gonna be no, the guy I'm who's moving, moving around, around, getting different angles, shadows, and looking into them? Yeah, until my eyes get super tired, take a little cat nap, hop back up again, and just. You know Aren't I mean? those naps the best? Oh, they are the best. 15 you, minutes feels like four hours. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you just feel like a new man. Mm -hmm. Literally. So. I love it. Yeah. Do you, uh, you spend a lot of time backpack hunting, or do you, you do both? Uh, it just whatever it takes for that animal. Yeah. I, I, I enjoy backpack hunting the most, I think, mm -hmm. just because I like using all my gear and, you know, being prepared and tucking everything away and having just yeah. everything that I need and nothing extra. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Do you hunt mostly on your own? I don't think I've ever heard you talk uh, about hunting with a partner or seeing. For the most part, I do. Like, uh, I've got my good buddy Rick Palmer. He's a killer. I mean, he's a killer. Yeah. Yeah. So, but uh, you know, we all cut and stuff a lot. But we're both we're both on limited time as far as like we don't want to hunt together. And then only I have an opportunity to kill something. So sure. we'll hunt together and split up. And he kills a bull, then I'll go help him pack it out and. So a lot of that lately, for the most part, like I'm not, you know, on these out of state hunts, like I like to go with a buddy or something like that, just for the companionship yeah. of it, you know, like camaraderie. Yeah, whatever. Like I like that, but like my home state, I'm like just a solo guy. It seems like as yeah. I get a little older, it seems like I want to go with people more though. Like I feel like, yeah, I don't know. Interesting. Just, How old are you, if you don't mind me I'm asking? Thirty. Just turned thirty-seven. So. Yeah. Yep starting to get more communal and mindset with kids and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. I, I'd say that. Like, I'd say that I feel like I'm not as hardcore as I used to be, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like, it's just more about I feel as same. I age, it's more <laughs> about just the experience. And, mm -hmm. I mean, no doubt, I'm going out yeah, there for going, one reason. Kill, but, but, but it, you know, if I can have someone come with me and, you know, have a good time together. It's it, weird how becoming a parent kind of changes that mindset of shared experience. It, the selfishness. Yeah. It's really so, interesting. Yeah, it is. I was, I mean, I was a wildly selfish, and I and I still am, to be honest. But yeah. like, it's weird how you start to shift a little bit into like more shared experience. Oh yeah, yeah. See, I was all about like, I'm the same way as far as like, like opportunity. I want to be by myself because I'm the best hunter, and I'm the only one that can spot that buck and go kill it. My buddy can't spot it and have the chance mm -hmm. to go kill it. You know, so yeah, I get that for yeah. sure. But yeah, Brady, Brady is loves to be alone. I love like that. Loves it. Yeah. Just aloneness out in the mountains. Just, Every decision's my own. All my thoughts. That's all. When we ever, whenever we ask you why you love it, that's the first thing you always say. Yeah, it's I like just, every decision is mine and mine only. No question in my yeah. mind that I am a way better hunter by myself than with yeah. somebody. There's, 
there's only one thing on your mind, and that is mm-hmm. it. I agree. So yeah, mm-hmm. same. Better, way better on my own. Because yep. like if I'm hunting with someone else, and I say we're gonna go way over there, and if they have a little thought in their head, or they mention like, gosh, that's really far. I might change my opinion of that right there oh, yeah. because he doesn't want to do it. So I don't want to put us both in a situation that we're kind of not together on the same yeah. plan for. So now we're going to make a different decision over here. So in my mind later, I'm like, gosh, we should have went way over there. Yeah. Like, you start second backpacks guessing, on. Guessing, yeah. It's, it's kind of funny. Like the few people that I do hunt with, like, you know, I, I hunt with guys on bear hunts and things like that, but they're the only type of people that I hunt with. It seems like are like go getters in the sense that they're kind of, uh, I don't know. I'm kind of weird in this sense too. It's just like the farther, the harder, the more risky it is. Like that's where you get success. You kind of you kind of laugh about it. Like I just like my buddy, like my buddy Nick. I'm like, it doesn't matter how far we got to swim a river. He just kind of laughs and look, yeah, let's go. Yeah, you know that's the kind of mm-hmm. just like that. I don't know. Yeah, yeah anything do that's ever holding you back or changing your the plan. I, I don't know. I don't. I don't like hunting with guys like that. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard to find a good hunting partner where you both mesh fully. Oh, yeah. Like everything throughout yeah. the whole thing. Like, yeah, you can play like pros and cons from each person and like use that to your advantage sometimes too. Yeah, but, but w- w- it, the hunting partner where you can truly say what you're thinking yeah. and have their input only elevate the outcome and oh, not yeah. like ch- just, you know, just change the outcome. That's what to elevate buddy, the outcome, that's a hard partner to That's find. why I was hunting with my buddy Rick is awesome. Like, we were both pretty good hunters before we met each other, but like when we met each other and we hunted together, like, I learned so much from him and he learned so much from me and yeah, we just it started to do, elevate do the overall but elevate each mm-hmm. other. Yeah. Yeah. So. That's a tough, that's a tough thing to find. It really so. is. Yeah. The, like the classic scenario of hunting with somebody else is like you see an animal, you're both sitting there, you look at it, you both see it, you both turn to each other and you're like, what do you think? What do you think? Yeah. And there's like this delay. This is like analysis that goes where typically when you're hunting on your own. You just, you figure it out on your own, you go. Yep. Like there's this, yeah, I don't know. What yeah. do you think? What do you yeah. think? I don't know. You can sit there and kick yeah. it around. And and that, I think, is – I think I'm better. I'm a lot more effective solo. But yeah. Oh, no doubt. Did well, I hold you back in New Mexico? No, that was great. Elk did, hunting's different. Did I hold you back in Colorado? 100% no. I think elk hunting's a little bit Til different. Until you blew your knee out. Till I blew – that was rough. That, but I, that can't, I, did, I can't blame you. For, I can't I blame for that. I blame football. That does hold you – it did hold you back, though, honestly, because no. in the last two days, you're right, that, that held us back. I think elk hunting's a little bit different, it especially is. archery elk hunting. I yeah. mean, that definitely yields itself to a good partnership yeah. because I've, I've hunted you've got hardcore, calling and moving. And, I've hunted hardcore with both you guys just once a piece. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's why I was yeah. asking. Yeah, I think elk hunting. You can be, you can be honest too. Oh, I'm being you know? honest. No. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, we killed two bulls in three days. I, I, thought, I, think we, it was I like, thought we made good yeah, decisions yeah, together. Yeah, yeah we, I thought we, we were did. on. We were on an absolute giant mule. Yeah, the biggest buck I've ever been on my yeah, life. Yeah, I thought, yeah, we totally I, did. I, I felt my thinking and decisions were elevated talking yep. with you on it was that a, it was an absolute blast like i think we yeah. mesh like the three of us yeah i can even say the collectively the four of us we've hung out now a little bit more like i think we're cut from the same cloth like we really yeah. do just want to see each other succeed and have fun like totally agree it's it's all about the partnership yeah i mean it, it depends on the individual for sure yeah 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 i and and our and elk cutting i think is awesome that way partner dude watching you smoke that bullet 15 yeah, yards, yeah, or whatever it was, walked, it was yeah, awesome. Right over his shoulder, yeah, no, I'm like, that was holy a great shit. Trip. Yeah, that's what, really super rewarding. Yeah, it's oh, the best. What do you got planned for this year? You already making plans? How early does that oh, process start for you? Oh, it starts as soon as it's over. So really, you're already yeah, planning, yeah, thinking about it. Yeah, I've got, yeah, I've got some points built up in a few places. I'm, I'm hoping to do maybe a late uh, Arizona late archery hunt, burn some points there, do that. Elk. Yep. Yeah. 
Cool. My cousins, he's he wants to do so. that this year too. I think it's going to be good. Be real good. According to Go Hunt, yeah, it should be hundred percent. So that's going to be. I think I've it's going to be good this year. Years. Yeah. It's fun. And my cousin's all excited about it. Been texting me like crazy. Yeah. I, I think Arizona's going to be good. Heck yeah. Yeah, with all the monsoons and yeah. stuff this year, maybe yeah. carry over a little bit. Should be a banner There year. will so. definitely be some carryover. Yeah. Should be a yeah. banner year for Arizona. Yeah, I'm all about opportunity, so anything I can I can chalk up and for sure do, you know. Do you have Nevada points? You talked about uh, Nevada in the past. I, no, not anymore, but no. I'll just try to get. Whatever. Just, get lucky. Yeah, ruby tag yeah. or whatever, you know, that mm-hmm. kind of thing. So. First come, first serve list. Yeah, at that. exactly. When that comes out later in the summer. Yep. Yeah, try to get a general archery you know, tagging Utah early or something like that. You I hunt. always, I always try to get like an early hunt, like a mule deer hunt, like something before September first. Mm-hmm. Like that's always my goal is to try to get a hunt or even a couple. That's of why Nevada is awesome. August tenth, so and then it's I can amazing. roll into Idaho. You know, September first, and I can hunt deer for the first whatever week yeah. until it starts getting tough, and then I can roll into elk. Kind so of what drives so. me crazy about Colorado is the archery opens September first. Yeah, it's like that it, change like really it's hurts. It's not it. a good. It's not a good fit. You know, archery mule deer. You're yeah. trying to get it. At, you're trying to get it done in August, so you can yeah. start transitioning into September. Oh, yeah, yeah. They strip their velvet and drop yeah. down, yeah. and the hunt is a lot different. So. Yeah, we watched a ton of bucks that year. You and I hunted that early hunt. When we could hunt it in August. They were stripping by September. Oh yeah, and they were yeah, hitting the timber. Week of oh September. yeah. You can well, go chase a bunch of wolves when you get. This winter still? Like, what's your fascination with hunting wolves? Or you just do uh, it it's just like a, just like a something to do kind of thing. You know what I mean? It's not your waterfowl hunt is hunting wolves. <laughs> just something to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly. something to do. <laughs> yeah. Waking up to go duck hunting doesn't do anything for You'd me. You'd rather go that. wolf hunting. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. See, I'm I'm living in Idaho. I'd be chasing birds like mad. Yeah, like, I'd rather that's all go coyote hunting or something like that. But yeah. Anymore. That's your filler. Like, your filler thing to go do. It's wolves yeah, and coyotes. Yeah, that kind of thing. Yeah. For the most part, anymore, it's like. I really got to prioritize, you know, what seasons are the most important to me and kind of mm-hmm. stay home a little more the rest of the time. So, When's the last time you ate a tag? I had a tag this year. Did you? I ate a bear tag this year. A bear tag? Yeah, passed on some. Let's go up. Let's go an antler animal. Oh, I've, I, I burned an elk tag, a second elk tag last year. So, Does that, that bug you? Uh, it <laughs> used to. Yeah. It used to really bad. I mean... Actually, I think until that bull, I mean, I, I I couldn't even tell you the last time I burned a tag. Like, I mean, Grim a Reaper. lot of years. Your family's eating well. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I mean, yeah. But I would say as I get a little older, I don't absolutely have to fill that tag. The reason that I these tags weren't filled was because I passed animals and did things that I don't normally do. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Yeah. It is interesting. It used to, I'm the same way. It used to really bug me if I didn't fill a tag. Like, really, really would eat at me. And I can eat a tag now, and I don't feel yeah. too bad about it. Yep. I kind of leave it by the wayside. I don't think about it. It kind of goes goes on. Yep. Do you ever think, think there's pressure to fill a tag? Doing, That's the doing, other doing thing. Doing what you do? Uh, no, I don't. I mean, no, I don't, yeah. to be honest. I don't know. It still bugs me if I... Does it? Yeah, it still bugs yeah. me. It um, still bothers me. I'm not. I, I I love I love killing. Like I I you know yeah I do. I'm yeah. I mean I'm pretty I put a lot psycho of, about it. I I I like harvesting, yeah. getting uh, up to the animal, like just looking at the bases and looking at what he's got going yeah. on and the character. And if I eat a tag and don't don't get it, it bothers me. Yeah. Yeah. See, I'm one of those guys. It's like I'm a trophy hunter until I'm not. So like you know mule deer. It's like I'm trying to kill the biggest buck on the mountain or that I know about. 
until it starts getting down and it's like, oh, I'm going to be happy with that buck. I'm going to go kill that yeah. buck. And yeah. I still, I love the game of it. I love every aspect of it, you know, like mm-hmm. I want it all. So, yeah. yeah. But Do you feel pressure? Do you mean? I used to. Uh, I think that was a lot of my drive to just like prove everybody, everybody wrong mm-hmm. kind of thing. You know what I mean? Just that, you know, I live for hunting. Mm-hmm. It's my jam and I want to be the best at it. But anymore, I, I kind of feel like, I don't know. It just kind of changes. Yeah, a yeah. lot of us having kids and stuff. I, I like feel my the mentality same way. Just changes. Yeah, my my mentality has changed for sure. Like that shared experience. Yeah. You know, not. I'm I'm a trophy hunter until I'm not as well. And yeah. when I'm not is when I have my wife and kid and yeah. you know have a more of a shared experience type of hunt. Like well, I'll go yeah. kill anything, but like not killing still. I don't <laughs> I don't mind the transition of like you know what you're willing to go after and not go after. Yeah. But I. I, yeah. I hate walking away from not ever having like oh, yeah. the I mean, buck or yeah, the bull say, to look I, at and the character and the, the, no matter what it was, just like, you know, just yep, having it to look yeah. at. Yeah, I don't feel completely cool about it, but it's, I mean, it still stings, but it stings less. I just, I don't, yeah. I don't think about it a lot after, yeah. after the fact. I think a lot of it, like, especially like early was just proving to myself that I could do it. Like, yeah. Build and my own comments. And now that I've done that, it's like. I know I can do it. Like, that's what I, I was going to say. Now you can it's choose. Like I've proven it to myself yeah, yeah. that now it's like, now I can go after that, what I really want, you know, mm-hmm. and if I end up, don't end up shooting something, you know, I'm still, I've given it 110%. And you still know you could have done it on some of the ones you passed. Exactly. And, yeah, yeah. Like I know personally that, you know, I could have killed a bear and I could have killed a, another bull, you know, or mm-hmm. whatever. So Another bull. Yeah. <laughs> it's always a crazy thing. Another bull, yeah. yeah I, don't, I don't know. It's been a long time since I've burnt like a primary tag. That's for yeah. sure. Like, yeah, but an over-the-counter type of tag, yeah. something like that. Yeah, like, uh, you know, my normal deer, elk, antelope kind of thing. Gotcha. But when I get second tags, I look at those as just a non-pressured opportunity, you know what I mean, to just go yeah. have, so, shoot something else. But. Hmm. Do you guys got more questions? Oh, I answered a lot of the ones I wanted to touch on. Um, come back to me. Give me, give me one yeah. minute to think. I'll, I'll throw one last one at you for me. Um, do you have like any parting piece of advice to people that are want to be more successful, specific to spot and stock bow hunting? Like, what would that be? Like, I know that's a broad question, but if you could just like, what's your take on that? I would say like the biggest thing is is uh, just get out there and, and learn as much as you can and, and try to just build on that and then uh, be confident in what you do. Like, that's one of my biggest weaknesses before it kind of like clicked for me was I was never confident in what I would do. You know, I would go, say I'd go hunt this canyon for this reason. I still didn't have the confidence. And it wasn't until like I believed in myself that I don't need to be in the spot. Like I came here for a reason, gut intuition or whatever. Like just believing in that and seeing it through is when it all kind of started to click for me. So I feel like whatever strengths you have, like once you – uh, just build upon your strengths. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. if you're good at shooting, like make that your go-to and, and just be confident in that, that aspect of spot and stock hunting. You know what I mean? Or you're good at finding, just be, hold on to something that builds your confidence, be mm-hmm. confident. Cause you know, to consistently kill things, you got to have that confidence. Like that's one of the biggest things in mm-hmm. my opinion is just being confident in your ability. So everybody's got their their strong points and, and weaknesses so i would just build upon your strong points and then you know just put in the time and effort and i think it eventually it, you know if you got the drive and desire it's going to fall into place so it's good good advice 
Very yeah, good advice. Play to your strengths. Just be confident to kill, right? Yeah, yeah, uh, be, yeah. yeah. Take take what Trust. your God given talent is, whatever that is, and roll with it, and be confident in it, and everything else will fall into place. Yeah. Trust your gut. Yep. Yeah, trust good. yourself. So cool. There's not the grass isn't always greener, you know. Yeah. It's the guy that killed point. that big buck from the road, you know, mm-hmm. that, that was just luck that one time. So <laughs> yeah. Well, good. We appreciate you jumping on. For Heck sure. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, that so. was a blast. That was a good conversation. I was fun hanging out with you, buddy. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Appreciate it. Yeah. So. I mean, I, I think this is the first time we've actually ever met in person. We've kind of kept in touch yep. via social media, but you're definitely somebody I've always looked up to as I mean, I, I, I don't like the word, you know, like hunting celebrity. I don't like it. I think it's kind of silly and lame, but like, I've definitely looked up to Agreed. your skill set. Well, I appreciate I think that. your skill set yeah. is admirable. And if people are out there looking for a good role model of spot and suck DIY hardcore hunter, I would put you right up there yeah. near the tip top. So appreciate right. you. That's awesome. By. Coming from trail. That's, that's yeah. it. And, and when he said, cause we're on a yeah. planning this podcast, he's been in charge of like planning. What he say? He goes, yeah, we got. He's just an absolute stud. I just, he's a great, straight he's up a, killer. He's a, he's yeah. A, I, yeah, goat knives. Yeah. Owner of goat knives. Absolute you know, designer stud. of goat straight knives. Straight up killer. Parentheses. Western big game grim reaper. Like, that's, <laughs> that <laughs> that's him in a nutshell. I appreciate that. That's so. you, you're yeah. the guy. So yeah. I appreciate it. Thanks yeah, for stopping in. Worked out. So that's how it works. <laughs> that's <laughs> that's that. Same more here. More people can learn from that. Yeah. Yeah. Same here. Yeah. Well, thanks. Yeah, appreciate it, man. Thank you.